This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 17th, and this is going to be a Kind of a defined, short, but resolute podcast on the Philadelphia Phillies and their game one win last night in the National League Championship Series over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, a rather routine five to three victory. And I know a lot of people got scared at the end. Let me let me just uh let me just give you uh the Mike Missanelli overview of this whole thing, which I've been giving you for the last couple of days in this series. Uh, I've said this series is going to be anticlimactic. Uh, I mean, no disrespect to the Arizona Diamondbacks, but the fact of the matter is the Diamondbacks are overmatched in this series. They they really have no business being in this championship series. It's been a nice little run for them. We forget that this team only won 84 games. This is an 84-win team that is in the National League Championship Series. And so uh, I, I I have to talk to the people who think that when I say this, it's some kind of a jinx. I want people to get past this jinx thing. I'm nothing but honesty. I'm nothing but my interpretation on what I see. Uh, and what I see is a team that can't play with the Phillies. I, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but they, they just can't. The Phillies overpower this team at every level. And you saw it kind of last night. Um, and so let's let's look back here. Uh, and of course, the podcast brought to us by the great people at at Bet Rivers. And what I always say to people regarding Bet Rivers is when, and I was watching all the fright that was coming out of the Philadelphia fan base on social media last night when the, when the Diamondbacks scored a couple of runs and everybody's freaking out. Scared money don't make no damn money is what we say at Bet Rivers, all right? So so let's look at the game and how it transpired. Now, the Diamondbacks thought that they were prepared for this game or preparing for this game by pumping in crowd noise uh, in an inter-squad game. Uh, and uh, the reality is it's not even close to what it is. And as it relates to their starting pitcher, Zach Gallen, who's a nice pitcher, don't get me wrong, he made the all-star team, second half wasn't that great. But uh, the one thing you need to factor in with these Arizona pitchers is they play, they pitch in a controlled environment. They they pitch when the temperature is the same. They feel the same physically. Um, last night, uh, Zach Gallen was coming into uh, an area that was a little chilly, and it was an open uh, air stadium. And you heard Pedro Martinez talk about that after the game. If you if you watch the post game show, um, so. He's not going to have as much jump in his arm as he thinks he's going to have. And it doesn't matter like how he's thrown in the bullpen. When you get on that mound, the elements are a little different. The crowd noise gums you up a little bit. The weather gums you up a little bit. You don't feel as loose. So let's look and then at the mindset of this whole thing as Kyle Schwarber steps up in the bottom of the first. First of all, let's go to the top of the first. Corbin Carroll gets a broken bat base hit. 
Did he steal a base? No, he didn't steal base. The only chance the Arizona Diamondbacks have is to play to their personality. So Corbin Carroll, who had 54 stolen bases this year, rarely gets thrown out, for some reason was scared to steal the base. And that's what this environment does to a team. Like those guys have nothing to lose. You got to let it hang out. You got to play to your personality. If you get on first base, even if you get thrown out with nobody out, you're still saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do. All right. We're not scared of the moment by him. Not stealing showed a profile of the diamondbacks. All right. So now let's go to the bottom of the first Zach gallon for some reason. Now he's a guy who spots his fastball. And works everything off that because he's got great break and stuff. And, and he comes from the same arm slot and he's tough to pick up, but he's not an overpowering pitcher. Okay. He'll get it up every now and then to 95. But again, it's a chilly night. It's an outdoor environment. It's not a controlled weather situation like Arizona. He tries to throw a first pitch fastball past Kyle Schwarber. Now, there's nobody on earth. Who will try to do that during the regular season? Pitchers wouldn't do that. They would always start him out with breaking stuff because they know. Listen, he unless your fastball is ninety eight, you're not going to beat him. All right. So Gallon's fastball came out at ninety two, and it was center cut. And I'm going, and, and so Schwarber's going. Okay, here's the mindset of a slugger. If I get a first pitch fastball, I'm raking. And if he throws me a curveball, maybe I have to take it. Uh, take it. If he throws me a slider, maybe I have to take it. If it's a slider that's up, I'll swing at it. He's a smart enough hitter to know if you're going to try to beat me with a fastball. It's like it's like the scene in Bull Durham where, where Kevin Costner gets up and he goes, you're not going to get that cheese by me, meat. And you're not going to get cheese by Kyle Schwarber in that kind of an environment. So right away, now think about what that does. First pitch, blast. 117 miles per hour off the bat. And what? so what does that do to the Diamondback players? One batter in, they're going, oh, shit. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Turner lines out, and here comes Bryce Harper. Now, he didn't learn his lesson the first time. He tries to throw a fastball past Bryce Harper, who's got the same mentality. Like I see what his fastball is. It's not 98. He's not going to beat me with it. I'm going to sit on a fastball here. If he throws me a fastball, it's Crush City. And he did the same thing again. And I'm thinking to myself, what on earth would think that he could get two first pitch fastballs that are, are in the middle of the plate past hitters like Schwarber and Harper? Darren, your thoughts. Oh, my first thought was, and you and I talked about this, that Schwarber was right he had been cold and first pitch boom you know I like Gallon a little bit like you I like him I think he's a good pitcher um but man he played right into what the Phillies do best last night it was a great way to start the game took their heart right out of them right away have you noticed this Mike because we talk about this a lot but really think about this and let's go back to last year every series right they started out uh I forget it was the Cardinals the uh, the Braves, and then the Padres. And then this year, it's the Marlins and the Braves, and now the Diamondbacks. Every single series starts the same way. They literally, like, like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, they reach right in, they pull the heart out, and they show it to them beating. 
they take they rip these yeah, and after the game, Tori Lavello said they am they they ambushed him, and, and and they did ambush him, but they ambushed him because the other team let them ambush him. Like Kyle Schwarber has been in a slump. Why? Because people are pitching him yeah. tough. They're not throwing him right. first pitch fastballs. <laughs> they're, they're, they're screwing around with his with, with breaking stuff, and they're throwing off his timing because of fast center cup fastball. They're not going to get past him. And the Diamondbacks, for some reason, and Gallon and the catcher and the manager and the pitching coach, <laughs> for some reason, thought that that was a good thing to start the game with. And I'm just sitting here going, this is the difference between a good team and a novice team. And this is why I look at the Diamondbacks and I'm saying, they are going to be extremely fortunate to win one game in this series. They don't have the firepower to match the Phillies. If they get behind, did you think for one second that that team was going to no. rally offensively uh, against what the Phillies were going to throw at them pitching-wise to, to come back not and win that People game? People forget that the Phillies are the best bullpen in the majors since September 1. And they got Wheeler, yeah. who got 15 guys in a row after that right. broken bad hit. So, so it, you know, I listen um, – I, I don't want to disrespect the Diamondbacks, and I, I know uh, these people that they get so it, it. I am so sick of people go. Don't drink so, Mike. It'll be your fault. I'm going. What? Come on, man. Let's get to the reality of the situation here. This team doesn't belong with the Phillies, especially the way their Phillies are playing now. I get it that the two wild card teams one won eighty four right. games. One doesn't have a lineup like or the Phillies pen. have, and and they're about to get their yeah. comeuppance and. and and so now we go. Uh, uh, so let's go a little later in the game here. All right. So it, yeah, it's two nothing, and it becomes three nothing when Castellanos flips one the right field. Uh, and again, um, <laughs> this, this is, these are guys that you really have to be really careful with that are in a groove that can hit the ball out of the park. You can't afford to let guys hit the ball out of the park at Citizens Bank Park because you know if you get behind, you're not going to be able to come back. Your lineup is feeble. Okay, you got a 38-year-old third baseman in your lineup as an important hitter. You don't have the – I'm looking at this team. I'm going, how in the frick are they at this this position right now? It's, like, mind-boggling to me. It's such a mismatch. Uh, I can't even, like, fathom it. And it was ridiculous last night how much of a mismatch it is. All right, so now uh, uh, Harper singles in another run because Turner gets a double. Uh, and now it's it's four nothing uh, in the bottom of the third inning, and, and you just at that point you're going okay. This game's boring because one team is that much better uh, than another. And then we get to the bottom of the fifth, and uh, you get a Harper walk, and, and then he gets the second base on a wild pitch by Gallon, and, and then Real Muto with a smash single to left and, and scores him. And now it's five nothing, and it's like should I should I should I put it on the Sixers? Should I flip to the to the football game? I mean, there's a lot of choices out here at this point uh, because I know they're not going to come back. Now, Perdomo, a rare home run hitter, hits a home run. And this is what gets everybody <laughs> – I have to laugh at this because now everybody gets scared. And I, I have to laugh at social media. I'm following along with social media, and these people are getting scared. I'm going, come on, man. Come on. Seriously, you got to look at the reality of the situation here. This, this isn't the Braves lineup that's going to come back on you. There's no thud in this lineup. So, yeah, okay, they scratch out another run uh, on, on a sacrifice fly, which was a, it was actually a gift out because they had a rally there. Uh, well, walk, uh, Walker, Dominguez comes in, Walker walks, Moreno hits <laughs> first pitch, by the way. A after Walker had walked, this, this idiot – Flips at the first pitch and hits a two-hopper to the pitcher. Now, Dominguez, who already is all out of sorts, panics and, and throws the ball wide a stop. And so an error. So now you got first and third. And Gorio hit a smash 
to stop. Uh, and and so, okay, so they, they get a gift there. And now the sacrifice fly is the second out. It scores one run. The inning for that uh, particular uh, uh, case is, is over. But Tori Lavoe, for some reason, puts the managerial strategy into the game that I quite don't understand. Dominguez is all over the place. For some reason, Lavulo forces Thompson's hand to bring Alvarado in the game. I'm going, why would I want Alvarado in the game if I'm Lavello, if I've got Dominguez in the game? Yeah, I got righty against righty, but this is the way managers think. So it's Longoria. Uh, now, Longoria is not the Longoria of years ago, but he's a veteran hitter against a pitcher, a right-handed pitcher, who's struggling, frankly. So what Lavello does is he pinch hits a lefty for uh, for Longoria, forcing Thompson to bring in Alvarado, the lefty, to face him so then he can pinch hit for the left-handed hitter and bring the right-handed hitter, Rivera, into the game. And I'm going, okay, his numbers must say something about Rivera hitting high-velocity left-handed pitchers. But I got... Dominguez out there, and for him, it looks like it's fright night. Why would why would I test fate and bring in Alvarado, who's tougher to hit, in my opinion, in that situation, than Dominguez would be, even against a right-handed hitter who happens to be a veteran right-handed hitter who's probably going to give you a good at-bat. I, You know, some managers overthink the game. And for the life of me, I'm watching that move, and I'm going, what in the hell is Lavello doing? Which brings me to the fact that anybody can manage a freaking Major League Baseball game. It's not that difficult. And in that situation, overthinking the game cost you the rest of the inning. Because Rivera had a feeble ground out to the shortstop. But I agree. That was the one moment last night that I, I was nervous a little bit because I can't stand Sir Anthony. I just can't. He's a head case. I don't like – if you want to bring him in – Okay, so let me ask you that. Why would you force him out of the game if you know he's a head case? Because they don't do their homework like the Phillies do their homework. (laughs) They don't do their homework. They're major league managers. They've got analysts. They've got 100 assistant coaches. What are you kidding me? They've got a book. If they did their homework, they would know that he can unravel quicker than any other arm. Of course they did their homework. It's, it's over-managing. Of course they did their homework. They know about Dominguez as opposed to Alvarado. They've got advanced scouts that are watching these games. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous move. In any event, it benefited the Phillies because now they get out of that inning, and, and from that moment on, it, it was toast. And, and they bring in Alvarado for a second inning. They stretch him out, which means he's not available for tonight. Uh, and, you know, they're taking a little bit of a chance. But then – uh, here comes uh, Kimbrel, and, and everybody gets nervous when Kimbrel comes in. He strikes out Walker. He walks Moreno. And everybody goes, oh, boy. And then he gets the ground ball. And Bowman had a nice backhand, uh, smooth the delivery to Stott. And let me tell you about Bryce to Stott. I love that kid. Listen, I'm familiar with that position. That kid's about as secure a, a second baseman as you're ever going to find. He has no panic. That double play he turned, he's got, he's got a really good arm from second base. It's funny because... I, I made a comment on social media about he's he's really a secure second baseman. Uh, and you could just tell the way he goes about his business. And somebody goes, yeah, he should be the shortstop next year. And I'm going, no, dude, don't overthink that. He's not a shortstop. He's a solid second baseman who really saves a lot of runs for you because he's so solid. Uh, but uh, 
so here we go. Now they're 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 up one zero, uh, and the only thing that can happen tonight is that Nola gets banged around, and uh, and that's very possible. But he's pitched really well and lately. He's pitched really well at Citizens Bank Park. It is the only chance I believe for the Diamondbacks to win a game is tonight. I, I don't think they have a chance to win th- games three and four because they're going to be bullpen games for them a- in their home park. Maybe the comfort of their home park makes them steal one, but uh, that's why tonight is so important. I fully expect the Phillies to go to Arizona with a 2-0 lead. They just have too much thunder for this team, and this team, if they're giving up runs, and they will give up runs because you saw Gallons, their ace last night, got cuffed around. Merle Kelly's nice pitcher. He's pitched well against the Phillies, but he's not going to shut this lineup down, and you're playing catch-up against the Phillies with a lineup that is not really conducive to playing catch-up. And, and that's the bottom line. I, I think the Phillies are really uh, in a good spot to sweep this series and move on to the World Series. And I'm not jinxing them. I'm just giving you my honest opinion on what I see. And you can see the same thing. Folks, you can evaluate the same thing. You see this lineup and what Arizona has to get out from top to bottom. You don't see the same thing with Arizona. Uh, okay, Mike. So here's, I mean, I agree with you. I think that there, I said six games, uh, the Phillies are winning six. Maybe it's five, but, um, look, I, first of all, I would like to see Ranger go a little bit more and not be a bull game, a bullpen game in game three and, and try and save as much of that. Well, he went six innings last time. I'd like to keep him out for six games for six innings again, at least. I don't necessarily think they need to do a bull, a quote unquote bullpen game. In game three, Rangers pitching very, very well. No, the Diamondbacks Diamond will ball. do a bullpen. Okay, not the, Phillies. Miss the Phillies, but um, no, no, no. It's the Diamondbacks okay. are the only team that. That's why they can't yeah, win I, games three and four. They have nobody you, to pitch. You in got three two and teams, four. right? That you know, it's amazing to me because the Diamondbacks were playing, you know, loosey goosey uh, before they came into this series. That's how they won their first. They, they were undefeated in the postseason. Up until that point, they were playing loose, playing house money. They come into Citizens Bank Park, and the same thing happens to them that happens to every other team. It's they just get smacked it in the nose, and their vision goes blurry, and and they're a completely different team. Phillies playing loosey, lefty loosey. Diamondbacks playing righty tighty already after one game. So it's not it's it's the horizon's not good if you're a Diamondbacks fan. To me, yeah, listen. To me, it was a defining game. I expected it. I said before the series, like a couple, I said, if they play a Diamondbacks, that's a possible sweep. Uh, and I still uh, mean that. And uh, it's because the Diamondbacks just don't have, when you win 84 games, you're short. Okay. You're short. Your lineup is short. Your pitching staff is short. That's why you only won 84 games, right? So you're gonna, you would tell me you're going to take that into the postseason and suddenly you come become Hercules? It's not going to happen. All right. So uh, this is just the quick podcast that we're going to do after every game. We appreciate everybody uh, listening to it. Phillies win again, five to three. Well, uh, get ahead five nothing. Ambush the starting pitcher uh, and another starting pitcher who was not as good as the starting pitcher they threw last night is going to pitch uh, tonight uh, for uh, Arizona. And I suspect the same thing is going to happen. You can't keep the Phillies off the home run parade. That's the thing, and you're getting easy runs that way. You know, you're you got you got two runs. Yeah, somebody said last night, runners in scoring position when they come into the batter's box. Yeah, because they can hit home runs, and 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 that, that when you hit home runs there and you get that crowd anthem, when the Harper hit the home run, the thing was going to blow apart. Uh, and at that point, 
you, you know, you just—it's hard to come back from something like Mike, that. Mike, let me ask you this about Harp. Uh, the, do you think it's only a matter of time before he starts getting the Bonds treatment, where he's just not going to see anything? You're just going to put him on. Well, you certainly can't throw him fastballs. You have to, uh, and, and the only—the only thing that gets him out right now are left-handed pitchers that can really cut away from him. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Uh, right-handed hitters, like if you saw, he adjusted the second time up when he hit that smash single. He says, "Okay." Gallon's not going to throw me a fastball, so here's where I'm going to sit on this breaking ball and inside, and I'll just I'll get quick and I'll rip out, I'll pull a breaking ball. You saw it was a it was a breaking ball uh, inside, and he just was quick enough. He he, you can't outthink him, and, and the only way you can get him out is you got a, a left a left-handed pitcher with a good sweeper that just cuts through the strike zone, and and because he can hit the ball left field as well, but the, a really good one will only this is the only thing that gets him out. Uh, all right, the post-game show. Did you watch any of the post-game show? Any thoughts on the post-game show? Pedro Martinez does not stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Albert, poor Albert Pujols is sitting there <laughs> trying to get a couple words in edgewise, and Pedro is going, rah, 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 rah. And, and Granderson's down the other way. So J- Jimmy and, and, and Jimmy Rollins, who's he's he's really actually good. We're trying good to get him on. Post-game. Yeah, we're gonna to try to get him on as a guest, but Jimmy and Pedro, they, they just, they just let Pedro go, and he's just blurts it out. So uh, he's the star uh, on that show. I, and I want to hear what Pools has uh, right. to say more than anybody. I don't know about you, but actually hitting. Yeah, but he's not savvy enough to say that much. Like he's not in, he's not in baseball post game mode yet. You know, he's he's still sitting back. He kind of he's doesn't know what name. to say. Uh, all right. Thanks uh, for everybody listening to the Mike Misnelli podcast brought to us by Bet Rivers, a special post game podcast after game one, the National League Championship Series, where the Phils won five to three. Uh, we will have a, another uh, podcast after tonight's game, which I fully expect the Phillies to win and be 2 0 as they go to Arizona and route to a sweep or a, at most, at most, a five game series. And I think the only way it goes to five games is if somehow Nola gets banged around tonight. All right. Thanks for listening to everybody to the Mike Missinelli podcast for Darren. I'm Mike. Have a great rest of the day. If you're going to the game, have some fun. I'll be down there tonight. So uh, we'll give you some fresh impressions. Have a great day. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.